This is Brett from Dimension Z. Joined as I am every week by Greg of the Dead. How you doing, man? Doing good. Throbtober continues. Yes, I am excited for what we're doing this month. So before I think we even started, like before we recorded our first episode, you said, I can't wait to do Plan 9. I'm like, yeah, me too. And you said, and Ed Wood. I'm like, yeah, eventually. Today is eventually. Yeah, where I've been, like, I've, it was before the podcast even started. I was like, I want to do this movie so bad because I've loved it since high school. Yeah. So I don't know if I've actually... Wow, I can't talk. I don't know if I've actually ever sat and watched Ed Wood the whole way through. I've seen it when I was on TV and stuff back when I had cable. I think this was my first sit-down watch for it. This is another one on that list of, like, Basket Case or Friday the 13th of... I don't know what to watch tonight. I'll throw on Ed Wood. Because there's... It's almost like a different acts of a play. Of There's different sections of the movie. So you can stop it at a certain... Like, oh, they just got done making Glenn or Glenda. We can pause it, like, start Bride of the Monster tomorrow. Yeah, and before you go, it's not a horror movie, it's a biopic. Yeah, I know. It, look how many episodes we're doing this month. Relax. It's a biopic on a horror director, and it's about Bella Lugosi. And if you're mad about it, there's probably a new episode out tomorrow. So relax. Yeah, exactly. How many we're doing this month. But all right, Ed Wood, 1994, directed by Tim Burton. I don't have the rest down here. Did he write it? Uh, directed and produced by Tim Burton. Written by Scott Alexander and Larry Zaraskowski. I feel like this is a shame that we don't have an Ed Wood trifecta <laughs> in the movie Ed Wood. Yeah. What the fuck is this? Come on, Tim Burton. Or do we not want him writing his own movies? Is that one know. of the reasons why he's bad now? I don't know. I <laughs> I just feel like it's kind of... I feel like we need an Ed Wood trifecta for Ed Wood. It's almost like if Plan 9 didn't have an Ed Wood trifecta for some reason. Yeah, I'd be like, we gotta rename this thing. Yeah. But, alright, so, like we said, 1994, rated R strictly for language, if you look okay. at the back of the cover. Yeah, because this is another movie, a lot like Clerks, of, it's a lot of scenes of people talking. Yeah, and which is gonna be interesting for us to cover on here, but yeah. I'm excited for it. So, before we get into, like, the beat for beat of it all... Something I just want to say about this movie that I love so much, and it takes a while to get to this part, but once we have our band of misfits assembled, yeah. <laughs> it's like the most, like, you know what worked really well about 2017's It was the Losers Club and everything, right. you know, like all those kids. And it reminds me of that, but these weird people have all come together. Like, you have <laughs> Ed Wood, Tor Johnson, Bella Lugosi, Vampira, Criswell. Like, it's so, like, it's all them and all the shots and everything. It's just great. Like, yeah. And break it into buildings to steal an octopus at one point and everything. I'm like, that's what's so great about this movie is just like the ragtag group of people that actually happened to get all these things made. And what's hilarious with, like, Sarah Jessica Parker's uh, character, Dolores, who's, yeah. like, Ed Wood's girlfriend, who's, like, the only one throughout the entire one that really has an issue with any of this. Like, well, I see all the normal drug addicts and misfits are here. And then she, like, yells at him at the end, like, you're making terrible movies! And stuff like that. She's the only one that's, like, kind of actually, if you want to think about it, has her head on straight. Yeah, because... well, where's the Dolores movie? 
but yeah, there is. Well, she, what did she write? Um, she did write for Elvis. I mean, that's impressive. Elvis, but it was like Rock the Clam. It's not like uh, the Jailhouse Rock. Song. She did like some like Honolulu one or something like that. Elvis was big with that kind of stuff yeah. too, though. But still, yeah, no, there's no Dolores movie. No, but yeah. So you want to get into this whole thing? Yeah, let's go. I do like let, right from uh, the. Let's record this fucker. <laughs> I like right at the beginning, we get the Plan 9 intro of Criswell sitting up out of the casket and does the whole Plan 9 intro but for this movie. Yeah, he intros Ed Wood, which is great. Yeah, and it's Ed and Bunny at a press night, but there's no press. Right, they're waiting for Crowley to get there to write the review on their new play because it's a play about World War II because Ed Wood was in World War II. Yeah, and... They're finally, they're checking the newspaper, and they find an article about it. There's only one, and it's quite mean. But Ed's so unbothered by it, he goes, but they talked about the costume design is great. How about that? They mentioned the costume design. It's like, how many reviews have you read where they don't even mention the costumes? <laughs> That's typically because it's a good <laughs> play or a good movie. They're not spending time talking about the costumes, Ed Wood. I love that Bunny is also like, oh, screw you, Miss Crowley. Uh, you sent your copy, boy. You didn't even show. <laughs> oh, can we talk about the cast real quick? First? Yeah. Johnny Depp playing Ed Wood. Fantastic performance. Bunny is played by Bill fucking Murray to right. quote Zombieland. George the Animal Steel playing <laughs> Tor Johnson. Who else am I missing? Sarah Jessica Parker playing Dolores. Lisa Marie. Um, Martin Landau won the Oscar for this. Yeah. <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio plays Orson Welles. Yeah. At one point, like, there's so many people in this movie. It's like such a solid cast. Oh, um, the guy, the movie studio guy that does Glenn or Glenda, we we're like, we, I know that guy. He's in everything. Um, Mike Starr. Oh, okay. But he, it's one of those names. It's almost like the one guy from Hatchet that gets his... Uh, the Jump to Conclusions guy from yeah. Hatchet? Yeah. Where um, you, you recognize his face, but it's like, I have no idea what that guy's name ever is. Yeah, you probably recognize him from one role. Like, I always go office space with that guy. Yeah. But like we said, they're reading the whole press and everything. In bed that night, Dolores is like, I can never seem to find my clothes anymore, hinting at what's to come. So if you don't know, Ed Wood was, enjoyed cross-dressing, where he liked especially Angora sweaters. You can probably speak more to the real history of Ed Wood than I can. Well, yeah, he um, uh, he was a cross-dresser from an early age, where, like, I, I believe the story is true that his mother kind of dressed him up yeah, she, like that. Yeah, he said she wanted a daughter, so she dressed me like this. And he, like, wore... Um, women's underwear when he was parachuting in world war ii and his biggest fear was getting wounded and not even just killed but wounded and then found out like oh this guy's a cross-dresser yeah especially back in the 40s and everything yeah. that was very different back then but um he's at the lot at the studio it's just jumping around a lot at the beginning because it's a biopic looking at stock footage like i could make a whole movie out of this and we see the <laughs> octopus and we know that comes into play in bride of the monster and we see the buffalo from glenn or glinda yeah uh, i don't oh do yeah we see the military from plan nine yes. stuff too we see all of it and i love how he's like i can make a whole movie out of all this stock footage now there's some kind of weird disturbances that are disturbing the buffalo and the military have to come in and take care of it and the old guy's like, well, what about the octopus? It's like, oh, no, that's for my big underwater climax. <laughs> yeah. uh, here's news that they're going to make a Christine Jorgensen movie. And look, I don't know my history very well. I believe one of the very first like public transgender people. I believe so. If, if I say anything wrong in this, it's not intentional or malicious. But that's what how I took it. Right? I think so, yeah. So, and Ed Wood's like, well, I'm the perfect director for this because I have at least something close of a 
feeling to this myself. Right. So he's like, I'm the perfect guy. He calls the guy who's putting the movie out. He's like, I can't tell you over the phone, but I am the perfect director for this. Can we set up a meeting? Okay. So he's going there. And he shows up and tells Mr. Weiss, that guy, that he's a cross-dresser, and that makes him perfect for this role. And he's pretty much shot down right away. Yeah, where he's like, okay, Ed, I know that you have passion for this and I whatnot, but I make basically shit movies that you make in four days. All I care about is turning a profit. I don't need a director with a burning ambition to tell their stories. Yeah, it's not all about the big picture to him. No. <laughs> but after that scene, he just runs into Bella Lugosi trying <laughs> out coffins. He's just laying in a coffin. No, this one's much too uncomfortable. He's... <laughs> He starts storming out. Ed Wood's outside the coffin store, yeah. is, I guess. He's like, Mr. Lugosi goes, I'm not buying any of your coffins. Like, no, I don't work here. I'm just a very big fan. He's like, bah! He goes, why are you laying in coffins? Because I'm going to die soon. Because I'm planning on dying soon. Dude, this guy, what's his name? Who plays Bella? Martin Landau. Holy shit, what a performance. We talked about it during the movie. Of uh, There's certain actors in roles that the actor disappears and you just see the person that they're playing this happens in this movie because he does the bella mannerisms he has the voice down perfectly like you see that old footage of bella it's spot on oh the especially when they're doing the bride of the monster scenes and <laughs> filming that if i would just listen to that i'd be like i'm listening to bride of the monster i wouldn't recognize that it's a different performance yeah it's, it's great. Honestly, there's not a bad performance in here, but his stood out a lot to me. It deserves... And how fucked up is it that... Uh, what is it? Uh, Edward died in 78. This yeah. was made in 94. So just a couple decades later, they're winning the Oscar. Sixteen, Only 16 years later, right? Yeah. 78 to 94. Something like in that. The middle. I'm not good at math. I think not very long no. ago. That they're made, they won an Oscar for a movie about the terrible movie he made. But I think Ed would sit there and be like, you know what? I don't care. Look, I kind of won an Oscar. It'd be like Tommy Wiseau when he went up with the disaster artist. Yeah. He wanted to make the speech and James Franco's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, bastard. <laughs> but he's getting on the bus, but he can't find his ticket. He's like, I don't drive in this country. I don't like it. Like, I don't drive in this country. Too many bad men. <laughs> yeah. And he can't find his ticket. And Ed was like, I have a car. And it just cuts to him driving with Bella Lugosi. <laughs> How wild would this be? Oh like, you God. just run into your movie hero and give him a ride home. It would, like, like uh, I don't know, a modern day version, I guess, would be, like, Nicolas Cage. Yeah, like, you run into Nick Cage and give him a ride home. Yeah, that would be amazing. And then it's just, like, he would just us talking like old friends. Yeah, exactly. They become friends pretty much on this car ride because... They're talking about, like, no one likes the true scary anymore. It was, what, are you it's, talking it's about It's all about that... giant monsters, giant spiders, giant grasshoppers. Who would believe such a thing? Well, it's interesting, too, because this is in the 50s when this is taking place. And with the Cold War and the invention of the nuclear bomb and everything, that is what mm -hmm. was everywhere at that time. It was um, Attack the... of the 50-Foot Woman, the Ants movie with all the ants. Them. Like, them, yeah. Like, it was all this kind of stuff. And then that's really where horror went, at least sci-fi horror in that time period. Like, we got past the classic monsters and everything. It's the atomic age. Like, look at Godzilla. Exactly. Came out in the 50s. Yeah. Know? And which is, I love that stuff, oh, yeah. too. But I can understand, like, if you came up in the classic monsters and castles <laughs> age, you'd be pissed about it, too. Like, it's not like it used to be. The young ladies, they love Dracula. Yeah, but he's, when he drops him off at home, he's like, I have to tend to the creatures of the night. It's just chihuahuas in the house. I love that. I also love this attention to detail in this movie of they have the portrait of Bela Lugosi as Dracula. 
in his apartment. Yeah. Bella had that exact same portrait. Oh, the real story on Bella Lugosi is legitimately sad. Like the end yeah. of his life, how much he loved Dracula and everything. And he, that was, it's kind of like when you hit your glory days young and you spend your whole life trying to get back to that. It's kind of one of those scenarios. And yeah. it's really sad looking at it. This movie does a good job at capturing glory days. <laughs> what is this? It's Bruce Springsteen. Oh, I'm, whenever I'm not a Springsteen start, guy, I don't know. Oh, whenever I, I'm much a bigger fan up. of Pamela, his sister. Well, it's, like, it's like a uh, Z morning Z morning zoo like radio drop when like boomer people start talking about the good old days and whatnot uh, and they would drop that in. Oh, I got you now. You want me to get a soundboard? Yeah, we, you, we need a soundboard. No, we're never <laughs> touching a soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, I hope to talk to you again. I would love that, Eddie, or something like that. And then it cuts to Halloween night. He's watched Dracula with Bella Lugosi on Halloween while trick-or-treaters. Oh. oh, wait. He talks to his girlfriend, Dolores. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love he goes. He's like, I met a movie star today. And she's like, uh, Richard Taylor or something like that. And she's like, he's like, no, a horror movie star. Boris Karloff. He's like, no, the other one. You met Basil Rathbaum. It's like, oh, screw you. I met Bella Lugosi. <laughs> Bella Lugosi? I thought he was dead. No, he's very much alive. Well, kind of. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the ongoing joke through this movie. Bella Lugosi, he's still alive? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I love when it's trick-or-treat. And mm -hmm. he's watching Dracula with Bella Lugosi at his house. No, he's watching White Zombie. White, I thought they were going into White Zombie next. No, they're watching White Zombie because it, it's the Bella Lugosi with the extraordinary eyebrows oh, from okay. that movie. Yeah. But watching it with him as there's kids trick-or-treating outside. And Vampira is hosting the movie on the television. Mm -hmm. Ed Wood doesn't like her. Bella Lugosi loves her. Right, because Ed Wood is like, ah, oh, how dare she disrespect this masterpiece? And Bella's like, look at her jugs. You ever think <laughs> how much Ed Wood would hate us? Oh, no, I want to be his best friend. But you know if he listened to the show, he'd hate us, just oh, judging by that. I think he would love it that he was getting so much attention and no, people loved him. I think he'd hate us, no. dude, disrespecting the movies. Even though we love them, that's how it would be taken. Oh, I, well, certain movies we disrespect, but those ones are classics. But the kids knock on the door and Bella jumps up, ah, children, I love children, and puts on the cape. Opens the door, does the whole unfurling the cape and everything. Two of the kids run away screaming, he has the fangs in. And this little kid dressed as a cowboy is left behind and he is not afraid. He's like, aren't you scared, little boy? I'm going to suck your blood. It's like, I'm not afraid of you. You're not a real vampire. Those teeth aren't real. It's the closest thing to a real vampire you're going to see, kid. And I love the Ed Wood comes up and all because Bella looks offended. Of like, how dare you say I'm not a real vampire? Like you just said, this is the closest you can get. Yeah. And Edward's like, how about these? And pops out his fake teeth he lost in the war. And the <laughs> kid goes running off screaming. And Bella's impressed. He's like, oh, how, Eddie, how did you do that? He's like, dangerous. Lost them in the war. <laughs> um, he goes back to Weiss, the guy who's going to make the movies, about bringing in Legosi for this movie. He's like, no, we have a star now. He's not into it, but he's like, okay, fine, whatever. I love the thing of like, what's Ed goes? He's like, what's the one thing if you put in a movie, it'll make a profit? He's like, tits. It's like, no, but better than tits. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he's like, fine, okay, bring Legosi on. He's back at either his place or Bella's place talking to Bella. He's talking about the movie. He goes, you're going to be in it. What's this movie about? He goes, well, it's about someone who's two different people on the inside. He's not telling the whole story, but eventually he's like, okay, who am I? He goes, well, you're kind of the god watching over it all. And Bella's not getting it. He's like, you're in charge. He still doesn't understand. Like, you're like the puppet master. 
This is the part I laugh hardest at every time. Ah, so I pull the strings. (laughs) Yeah, pull the string. Pull the string. Pull the string. (laughs) Uh, Ed's back at home, finishes the script, and he has his girlfriend Dolores read it. And then she goes in the room, reads it. Ed apparently waits outside the entire time for her to, and she comes back out because she's like, oh shit, this is about us, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Comes back out. Ed was just standing in like the Angora sweater and the wig and everything. I love that they get done eating dinner and Ed's like, I finished my script. I want you to read it and hands her the script. And she goes, great. I'll read it once I get home. And he's like, no, no, no. You should read it right now. Uh, go in the bedroom, read it. Oh, wait. And like shoves her in the room. And like you said, when we were watching the movie is like, okay, yeah, just go read a whole movie. Yeah. Right now. (laughs) Forget whatever you were going to do, but they have a little bit. She's more weirded out than anything about it right here. They don't really fight about it as much this time. Well, I love she comes out and she sees Ed dressed up in the getup and is like, so that's where my sweater went. Mm -hmm. I think after reading the script, she already figured out before she was seeing it. They're at Weiss's, and Bunny's there, too, played by Bill Murray. They're like, we need to find as many cross-dressers as possible. Get me cross-dressers. Well, yeah, they, they cut the filming Glenn or Glinda, so it's the very first take. Scene 17, Glinda looking in the window. And so Ed Wood comes around the corner, looks in the window as Glinda, kind of sighs and walks away. And if you watch Glenn or Glinda, that scene's in the movie. It's just a two-second little thing. And he's like, okay, now uh, let's wrap. That was perfect. And they're like, okay, don't you want to get another shot for protection he's like what's there to protect it was perfect and then he sees the cops he's like oh cops we don't have a permit run (laughs) it's old timey film equipment it's not like basically movies can be filmed on what looks like cell phones now yeah it's not that it's a full like tripod camera boom mics everything you know they probably have multiple canisters of film just in case yeah like because most people do multiple shots yeah but not ed wood no and they take off that's all um they're on set on the sound stage now. They're not out in public. And Bella Lugosi is arriving on oh. set. Ed's telling everyone. <laughs> now, I know he's a big movie star. Everyone just act normal around him, though. And this is... Ed acts like me if I saw either Ed Wood or Bella Lugosi in real life. And Ed, Bella comes through the door. And immediately, Ed erupts into, Bella! And goes, like, <laughs> running over to him across the whole stage. It's great. Um, Bella's getting ready. He's having his makeup costume put on and everything we also see the track marks on him right here because yes. he's addicted to morphine at this time he injects morphine all, every day and someone's coming up to him like bella we signed the script i was a real big fan and bella's happy to do this oh yes what movie does he say um i loved you in the invisible ray you were great as karloff's sidekick karloff <laughs> sidekick <laughs> fuck you karloff does not deserve to smell my shit how dare this crimey suck cocksucker bring up karloff i am unaware was there actually that big of a rivalry because they worked together a lot was this kind of like how fans made the freddie jason rivalry where none of those there was actually ever a rivalry between the two I don't... like was this i mean if there was it was friendly like it was never like fuck you yeah. like I think this was mainly fan-made and, like, brought into the movie, but I'm not sure. You would know more than me. I'm pretty sure it was mostly fan-made and for the movie because there's old, old pictures of Bella and Karloff together when they're old men. Yeah, so they wouldn't do that if they didn't need to be. Yeah, I know Bella was a little bitter about, like, why didn't I have the career Karloff did. But I don't think if you mentioned Boris Karloff's name around him, he's bad. Fuck you! No, I could see him getting offended if you say, as his sidekick. Yeah. But still, I don't think it was this level. And I love Ed runs over to, like, patch things over. 
um, he makes Kelton like go away. Like he gives him a side eye and Kelton does the thing. I'm like, I'm going to leave. And dad's like, yeah, get the fuck away from him. <laughs> and I love how he's like, do you want to take a minute, Bella? Like you seem really agitated. He's like, bullshit. We will film now. Yeah. And like everyone like runs to their position. Well, he's the only genuine star on the set. Yeah. So yeah. Um, and then we get the whole pull the string speech. Yeah. Dolores is there. She's still not accepting of any of this at all. Like she's like, look what look what you're surrounding yourself with. Like talk because he's also walking around in the Angora and everything. He's like, no, you're how aren't you embarrassed? Because you're the only one who seems to have a problem with it. And then they end up filming her scene where it's like, I guess I can learn to live with it, all that stuff. Yeah. We're talking to him. And it seems like at least for a little bit, that's kind of also the real life play out like she's like okay let's just move on from it well because she makes this movie with them and then also sticks through for bride of the monster yeah so it does seem like she tried for a minute and then was like this is not for me exactly um he's at another place a different studio pitching more movies he's like i just filmed this i brought my whole movie for you to watch new movie leonard lenda and he pitches a lot of like vampire stuff old classic monsters and he's not interested in any of that it's like the vampire's tomb and like the, uh, is it the producer's face, oh, I guess? Producer, yeah. It's just like motionless. It's like the ghoul goes west. Still no emotion on his face. And Dr. Acula. He's like, Dr. Acula? He's like, no, no, no. Dr. Racula. He's like, oh, I get it. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> but then when he says about Bride of the Atom, like, oh, Atomic Age stuff. Okay. Yeah. We can go with this. And then. It cuts to this guy and some other bigwigs watching the movie, and they're dying. They're laughing. He's like, this is hilarious. And they think it's a joke someone's playing on. They don't think it's a real movie. Yeah, they're like, wait a minute. That guy's sitting there in the Angora sweater. He's the one that brought me the film. This must be a joke. And then, yeah, they're laughing about it hysterically, which is mean. Glenn or Glinda is a fucking all right movie. I never ended up watching it. No? No, I've never seen it. I've seen it quite a few times. It's a really good, like, watch it at 2 a.m. when you're a little delirious. I've seen, like, parts of it like that I've looked up more for research stuff and everything like that, but never actually sat down to watch the movie. It's more, like, it's more of an acid trip of a movie than anything. Well, yeah, just the scenes I've seen are very bizarre. But Ed, Bunny, and Dolores are all at a wrestling match, and Tor Johnson is wrestling. Tor, played by George Animal Steel here, and that's a striking resemblance. Oh, it's amazing. And I even love how George the Animal Steel was brought up about, like, yeah, I don't. They said that I would be like amazingly perfect for this role, and I didn't know if to be flattered or offended by it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, how would you take being cast as that? Well, I mean, I would guess it would be like, well, I'm in a big budget Tim Burton movie with Bill Murray and Johnny Depp, and da, da, like, okay. Yeah, he can't be that mad about it. I also like how wrestling's treated in movies, especially in like 90s movies at this time period. This is before it was super revealed how scripted everything was and everything. So what you Wait a see, minute, what exactly? <laughs> but what you see, like when they're watching the match, was pretty well done. Honestly, like okay, this seems pretty close to accurate. I'm a big wrestling fan. I've gone to a lot of wrestling events, watched it most of my life. But when you cut to backstage and Ed Wood's talking, you're like, "Congratulations on your win, sir." Oh, thanks. And the o- other wrestlers backstage, like, "I'll get you next time, you up and everything." That's not it at all. No, it's them just talking like friends, like, "Oh yeah, that we did good on this. We could work on." It's choreographed. It's right. great, but it's choreographed. So, no, you're not back there screaming at each other when there's no audience watching you. Yeah, there's no camera and Vince McMahon behind him. Yeah. But, I like you said, I love when Ed Wood goes to, like, uh, tours done wrestling and he's getting the massage. Which, I feel so bad for that masseuse. Because George, uh, uh, Tor Johnson is this giant, hairy man. 
and not hairy as in just normal like longer than probably your head hair kind of shit like yeah it's that's how george animal still and he's all was naturally too yeah, yeah. it's gross but i also love he's just getting there massaged and he has an entire rotisserie chicken beside him and it's just eating the chicken <laughs> he doesn't even like tear off a piece he picks up the whole chicken and is eating it yeah but he he basically agrees right away like, i'm making a movie i'd love you to be in it and he's fine with it i love it. it's like oh the movies like the mickey mouse <laughs> oh man, they make Tor Johnson exactly what people parody Tor Johnson as in this movie. Like, time for go to bed. Yeah, that's basically how they <laughs> act like him. There's a scene later where he even refers to like, Lobo, get it. Yeah, Lobo fix. <laughs> yeah. Um, that night, Ed's at home. He gets a call from Bella when he's in bed. It says, Eddie, help me. He shows up. Bella's ODing on morphine and crying about being broke. Right, like Ed, uh, Ed goes over to his house. Bella won't answer the door, so he goes right in. Bella's surrounded by all of his dogs, and he has, like, the tie-off thing around his arm, the needles laying there. He's like, Bella, let me take you to the hospital. He's like, no, no, don't. This this happens all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he calls the producer back, who thought his movie was a joke and everything. Yeah, he runs to the paper to see, like, I want to see my premiere. And then he doesn't see it, and he's like, come on, what happened to my premiere? Where is it premiering at? He's like, it's premiering in Oklahoma and in Alabama, you schmuck. It won't play in L.A. He's like, what do you mean? It's like, it's a fucking shitty movie. He's like, you can't talk that way about my movie. Your movie? I wish it was your movie, pal. <laughs> and then we get another him called, the one who the big people yeah. showed it to. And we don't see them, we just see him. Like, worst movie you've ever seen? My next one will be better. Which, that is the Edward Edward chipperness that I love and I try to incorporate into my own life. Of If we had, if I feel like sometimes, like, that podcast recording, I don't think, went as great as it could have. But the next one will be better. And then we get them, uh, Ed and Bella, on this late night variety show type thing. This also we're introduced to Criswell, aside from the weird, like, fourth wall breaking opening thing we got. But... So they're up there. Ed's not on camera. Bella's going to be on camera. And he has to monologue with some guy just doing some skit thing. And they go over the script and everything. Bella goes out there. The guy does his part, but then starts ad-libbing. And then Bella's lost. He freezes for a second and just goes, I am Dracula! <laughs> and the, they basically near, are a step away from getting the hook and dragging him off. They just shut the curtains have some girls come out and dance. And like, Slipsomakovich, whatever, the comedy guy that he was doing the skit with, who actually fucked up because Bella later is like, I never said I could improvise. Yeah, that's why he started ad-libbing in there and everything. And he's like, I told you we should have gotten Carl off. And he says that right as he's running past Bella. It's like, oh, come on, man. It's very mean. But this is where they run into Criswell in the hallway. And he's excited to meet Bella. Ed, when he's like, I uh, predict your next picture to be a great success. Ed's all excited because he's a psychic. Then it cuts to them all at a bar that night, which real quick on that. What the fuck is a beef eater martini? Yeah, that sounds disgusting. I'm trying to picture any way in which this tastes good and it doesn't. Now, who knows? Maybe it's great and it's just a disgusting name, but I just bad name. I think about a cube of steak in a martini glass. Yeah, it's like or, instead of the olive, it's like a piece of like yeah. steak st- stuck with a toothpick in there. Or it's like liquefied meat with alcohol in it or something. Yeah. Like it's chunky. Pickled meat. Like yeah. Yeah, whatever, just gross. But um, they're all at the bar, and Ed's very upset that psychics are just part of show business, too, for a little bit. He looks oh. so let down. I love it, because he's like, how did you know we'd be on Mars by 1970? And Chris Wolf's like, I guessed. And Ed's like, really? And he's like, I made it up. 
And then Ed's definitely, you could see on his face, gets let down by that. I feel like this isn't good on Criswell's part, because he just met this guy. He's already telling him, oh, yeah, it's all bullshit. Yeah. Like, you're going to have your act broken pretty easily if you're just doing that with everybody, dude. But I do love the career that Criswell had, where he just did this thing of, he would just say extremely, like, out there and outlandish, outlandish things that would never happen. And he did that through the 70s until he died in, like, the 80s. Yeah, he was on The Tonight Show regularly yeah. and everything. But where are we at after that? Um, we have the Bride of the Atom fundraiser, where they're all... The first one, we get several of them. Yeah. And it looks like it's going great. Tor Johnson grabs a whole plate of deviled egg hors d'oeuvres <laughs> and just shoving it into his mouth. It looks like a great time. At the end, he's like, how'd it go? It went great. We didn't earn a nickel. <laughs> yeah. Where it's just that chipper attitude. It's like, it's amazing. But we didn't do anything we needed to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's at a bar that night, starting to kind of feel defeated. And he meets Loretta King, we know from Bride from the Mo- Bride of the Monster, yes. at a bar. And she's new to Hollywood. And he starts talking to her. And she, the bartender's like, can I get you a drink or a water? She goes, no, no liquids. I'm allergic to them. Yeah, that always sticks out in my mind of like, how? Why? Why is that in there? I think it's just to show she's gullible, not yeah. like, and so Ed's thinking, oh, I can trick her into financing this. But it's so amazing. Ed's sitting at the bar defeated, drinking and smoking, and he hears her say, I only have a 50. Is that okay? And he hears money and like goes like and saunters over to her, like, hi. Yeah. <laughs> He's talking to her, like, would you be interested in funding a picture? I guess a small amount. How much would it cost? Like $60,000. Oh, that's it? And then he lights up. He's yeah. like, I got it. He goes, would you like to see the storyboard? He's showing her everything. She goes, man, that seems pretty reasonable. I like the story. I'd like to act in it, though, too. Like, oh, well, I have the, what's the role? Um, the file clerk? Yeah. The, the fi- receptionist? Just, no, this role here. Janet, this is what I'd like to be. He goes, it's yours. Can't you see me? In it? And he's shaking his head no, but he's like, yes. Yeah. And then it cuts to. Hard cut. Yeah. That Sarah Jessica Parker as Dolores, like screaming at Ed Wood of like, you wrote that part for me. How dare you just give it away to someone else? It's like, honey, what did you want me to do? She gave me money. You're supposed to say I wrote that part for my uh, girlfriend. girlfriend, Dolores. Yeah, exactly. I don't blame him. But she's throwing all these, like, plates at him, and eventually a frying pan. Oh, she goes, I saw a perch for you. What part? The office clerk. And then she just whips <laughs> a frying pan and hits him in the back of the head. And then I love it. Hard cuts again to they're on the set of Bride of the Monster, and Ed has a, a ice, ice pack on the back of his head. <laughs> and I like when they're filming Bride, because they have this studio. It, it looks like yeah. it's the same studio. It's perfect. The, the attention to detail on all the sets are just great in this. Oh, I, I love it so much. Especially someone that watches these movies so often, and I could easily be like, nah. It's like, no, they did really well. Yeah. And they filmed 10 minutes of Bride of the Monster, but then they're kicked out of the studio because the check bounced. And what is it? What's her name? Loretta only paid, what, she say Three, $600? $300. $300. What about the rest? She goes, you must have misunderstood me. That's all I have. And so they're all kicked out of the studio. <laughs> production's on hold. There's another fundraiser, and it looks like it's going well. People are just like, what part is Vampire playing? Why would you ask that? Well, she's here. He turns around, she's just at the restaurant they're at, like, unrelated to them. Right. He goes, like, will you come talk to these guys just for a minute? She's like, no, go away. Pretty much, he gets on, like, his knees and begs. She still says no, and that's pretty much the end of that. And then everyone's like, oh, we're getting a bad feeling about this. We better leave. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, and everyone left behind pretty much is the Plan Nine cast, yeah. which is just a fun thing like to see. <laughs> um, he gets this butcher, this guy who owns a butcher shop, Billy Bob, to back the movie, but his conditions. He wants it to end with a giant explosion. I want it to end with a big explosion. Sky full of smoke. And his son <laughs> has to be cast in yeah, it. He, now, he's a good boy. He's not very smart, but I think he'd be a hell of a leading man. <laughs> but that works. I guess him the money. Um, I love the next scene of them breaking into this prop room <laughs> to steal the octopus. Because, like you said, once again, it's this weird misfits, like, group of people. Uh, there's Edward, there's, like, Conrad Brooks... Uh, Criswell is there. It's still dressed... for no reason. He's just—he's not even in this one. No, he's still dressed in his like tuxedo. And Tor Johnson's there. <laughs> it is locked, and Tor Johnson breaks the lock on the door to get them all in. This is where he's like Lobo fix. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I love they get the octopus down, but Tor Johnson's standing under it. It falls off. Like Criswell's like, oh my god, we killed him. <laughs> and then Tor like appears from under the octopus. He's like, better than wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Um, they take the octopus out, and we cut to the night shoot, and we get another like sad part, which is funny as it says. It's also very like emotional. Oh. Bella's like, I'm tired. I'm gonna take a nap. It's like that's fine. We'll shoot around you for now. And it's just him like injecting more morphine and everything like that. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, I need basically get leave me alone for a minute so I can shoot up and be able to do this. I also love where um, Ed go calls for lights, and then it's just everyone turns on their car headlights. That's what it is. That's what this film is illuminated by. True indie. Yeah, Don Coscarelli. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's. That, that scene's real sad, and then it's we cut right back to the fighty because they forgot to steal the motor for the octopus. When Bella goes down, he's like, okay, let's shoot this fucker. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, how do I turn this on? He's like, well, someone forgot the octopus motor, so when you get down in there, wiggle his arms around, makes him look like he's killing you. <laughs> Which is exactly what they did in the movie. Yeah, and this is where we get the great, like, Bella sighs, and he's, well, I love it first, like, he's like, you want me in the river? And it's like, throw me that whiskey. <laughs> what happened to the stream because we were originally going to do a stream but they had this giant like pond dug I was like well this would match the stock footage more and he's like it's fucking cold it's like it'll warm up once you're in there fuck you you get down here <laughs> but it's great and then he's screaming getting we had the subtitles on earlier and he's screaming like getting attacked by the octopus the, the <laughs> subtitles are like screaming continues after like the third minute of it this is also a little bit of a sad moment because you can definitely tell Bella like sighs and assesses where he is in his career he's like you know it was all for frankenstein i didn't think the part was sexy enough for me it's just all grunting yeah but um he does the thing of like i wish i would have made different decisions in my career and i wouldn't be standing in a stream at 70 years old a morphine addict yeah it's it's all the Bella stuff's a bummer in this movie. Sometimes. But then you also get great ones of like, let's shoot this fucker. Yeah. <laughs> um, next, we cut to just the filming of the Bella and Straussy. Professor Strausky oh. scene. It's the next day, and everyone's going back into the studio. And they're like, Ed, I got like one hour of sleep. And Ed's like, well, I got no sleep, and I feel great. <laughs> and then he's like bella i'm really sorry that you know you're a trooper thank you so much for doing that last night a big star like you shouldn't be put through that he's like, i wrote you this like, very special scene i hope it's not too much to memorize at like such short notice he's like eddie i will have no problems memorizing these lines <laughs> you love the part it's, it, these lines yeah. he's very happy with them 
And then we have him do the great speech from Bride of the Monster to Professor Strowski and everything home, like that. I have no home. Hunted. Despised. Living like an animal. <laughs> <laughs> I love their rap party is at the butcher place, just surrounded by dead carcasses of yeah. cows. It's like, we're going to milk this butcher guy out of every little tiny bit that we can. We're using your, uh, we're in your freezer using it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, then we get that Ed Wood strip show. Uh, yeah. He comes out and almost like an old belly dancer outfit, mm-hmm. but with the Angora sweater on, and everyone's having a great time. And he even like ropes like Bella Lugosi into the dance and everything. Yeah, it's such a cool thing. Like Chris and I know, puts a dollar in yeah. his like garter belt thing. <laughs> no, I knew it was a lot of this is fictionalized, like and exaggerated for the mm-hmm. movie. But I do want to say, like Bella Lugosi being born in the eighteen hundreds, becoming great friends with Ed Wood is really like kind of a you expect him to be such like an old curmudgeon and very like this guy is an open cross-dresser in the 50s is not typically accepted right so it's kind of cool like on that that was a good friendship still and worked between the two of them well i'll even love like bella is like you go back through his history which is i did very tentatively because i'm a huge bella lugosi fan but i also know he grew up in the 1800s and came up through the 30s and 40s and 50s, which doesn't have a great track record for people. Yeah. So looking finally into Bella's history, I'm like, oh, okay. So like he fought fascism in the 30s and stuff where he actually had to uh, flee Hungary yeah. because they were like after him and whatnot. So it's like, okay, no, good guy, Bella. Yeah. But then like after he does the whole strip show, um, Dolores <laughs> freaks out and like, this movie is shit. You're all freaks. And she storms off and breaks up with it. Yeah, it was like, none of you can see these movies are terrible. <laughs> but I also love like, and like you pointed out, Ed wouldn't uh, change out of his, like what he was wearing to go run after her. But he goes running after her still in like high heels and yeah. Angora sweater. And it's like running down the road after her. Just something about it just it makes me laugh. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, Ed calls vampire again, asks if she wants to come to the premiere. Right? That's what this yeah. one is. Yeah, he's like, oh, no, he wants to, well, he asked her to the premiere as a date. And she and she kind of, like, rejects him, kind of, is like, no, I'm not really. Well, I also love where it's, um, yeah, my movie, Bride of the Monster. Didn't you just make a movie called Bride of the Atom? Yeah, it's the same movie, but the <laughs> producer wanted a punchier title. Bella calls him again that night when Ed's in bed. He shows up, and Bella's going to kill himself because the government's canceling his unemployment. Yeah, because you're working again. Yeah. No, but yeah, he's actually working again. Even in in that day, he just made a thousand dollars. But what in did, the fifties? What did he work a day? Yeah, like he was on set for basically a day of the four day shoot, and he made a thousand dollars. That's a hundred thousand dollars now. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. But he's gonna kill himself. Ed kind of gets him out of it and everything. Like just well, just being so nice to him. He's like, "Come on, let me get you a drink. What do you want? Formaldehyde." Like he's not letting go. Do you want straight or on the rocks? And then like that, he's like, okay, this is my friend. And that kind of breaks him out of it for a yeah. minute. I love that Ed stills kind of chipper. And at, there for a minute, Bella's like, you know, we'd, I don't have to worry about work anymore. He's like, Eddie, you should come with me. And he's almost talking Ed, like it's a good thing. Like, come on, we can go to the afterlife together. Yeah, it gets scary for a second there. Where he's like, no, no Bella, let's not do that. It's like, can I get you anything? Goulash. <laughs> <laughs> um, it cuts to 
Bella committing himself, checking himself into rehab. And I love the scene of the lady screaming, which is like, I'm sorry, you look like Dracula, though. Yeah, and he's like, my name is Bella Lugosi, and I've been a drug addict for 20 years, and I need help. But he was the first celebrity to check himself into rehab. Yes. Yeah, the first uh, celebrity, uh, like, widely known, at least, celebrity to check himself into rehab. So it was a big story at the time. Once again, Bella trying to better himself yeah he recognizes like okay i have a problem even though i'm in my 70s i'm still want to take care of this yeah and ed's at this facility most of the time sleeping on the benches yeah. and checking on him and he notices there's a bunch of paparazzi outside there they're taking pictures of bella he chases them away get out of here get out of here bella's kind of upset with him though because he goes eddie for the first time the world is paying attention to bella lugosi yeah he's like they're paying attention to me again no press is bad press. He's not wrong, honestly, at that point. Yeah. But um, he's still staying there. He meets this girl, Kathy, who's also there with her dad. Right. And they become friends. There's a cute moment where she knits some black booties for him to give to his friend, Bella, because they match his cape. Yeah, that part I love. And I love how they meet, because Ed's, like, asleep on the bench. Yeah. And he looks over, and he's like, is that Angora? <laughs> yeah. It's put it on Front Street right away. They go to a carnival the one night, and they're on the spooky little ride thing. The you know, those house. trailers yeah. that you drive around. It breaks down for a minute, and he just drops the, look, I'm not going to do this again this time and have a big thing. So he drops the, I like to dress a women's clothing thing, and she doesn't shoot him down over it, so they can keep going. Which is always, I think, just such a sweet moment when he's oh, like, yeah. I know, like, I, I, almost like the last relationship ended badly because I kept it from you. I like you a lot, so I don't want to lie to you. This is what I do. And she's just like, thinks about it for a second. It's like, okay. Yeah. And just accepts him. Like, sure. And then they stayed married until he died. Exactly. And she never remarried again after, which there's nothing wrong with doing, but right. no, she never did. Um, the doctor's talking to Ed and says Bella has to leave because there's, he doesn't have the money to pay for treatment. So Ed goes and tells Bella, the doctor says you're all better and you're good to go now. Yeah. And well, I also love Ed is like, Ed is, doesn't have any money himself either, but he's like, I can give you everything I have. I have a few hundred dollars. And the doctor's like, that's not even going to start to cover it. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a bummer. But I love, he goes in and he's like, Bella, you're all good. They say you can leave. And Bella looks like he's dead under his blanket. He's like, really? I don't feel better. <laughs> yeah. But it cuts to, he's like, I want to do another film Eddie, yeah. when they're walking out. And it cuts to him filming the Bella scenes we've seen in Plan 9 from Outer Space. Well, like, shouldn't there be a crew here? I also, well, right before that, I love they're walking down the street together and they're discussing, I want to make a next picture. And uh, he starts talking about like, oh, I'm so sorry that you didn't get to watch the premiere of Bride of the Monster. He's like, I don't need to see the premiere. I know it by heart. And he does the big speech again, and he draws a crowd where... Oh, it's great, yeah. Yeah, where everyone is um, like, oh my god, Bella, you're amazing. Like, this is awesome. And then, yeah, it's they do the uh, Plan 9 scene of the... Uh, right of the, the, oh, filming, yeah. Of the tiny little bit of it. And he's just like, oh no, this is just going to be an establishing shot. You're a big, uh, important man, and you're rushing off to some business trip. He's like... Why can't I just slow down and maybe smell a flower? Which is sad because it's like the last thing he ever yeah. saw. The only thing I want to fault this movie for is there's a scene in Plan 9 with Bella 
that they reused 20 times. Mm-hmm. It's him walking out of the woods and raising his cape, and they don't even include that. Like, no. That's the iconic Bella shot from Plan 9. Yeah, the one that they use like two or three times. Yeah. Uh, there was a YouTube guy that goes around and does filming locations, and he did Plan 9 from outer space filming locations. And they went to Tor Johnson's house that they filmed the actual, that shot at for yeah. the movie. It wasn't Bella's house, it was Tor Johnson's house. And when Bella goes over and picks the rose and looks at it and drops it and cries and then walks away, when he went there just this last year, that rose bush is still there in that corner. Oh, that's great. I love that. And then he calls Vampire again and invites her to the bride premiere, and she agrees this time. They all show up. So Criswell, Tor, Bella, Vampire, Ed Wood, everyone, and Ed Wood's new girlfriend, Kathy, all show up. They show up in like a hearse. No, I think it's just an old time. Oh, it's just car. an old car. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they show up at the theater. They're like, oh, good, you're here. They're getting wild out there. And they walk in, and it's just madness. The crowd are all throwing popcorn, screaming. It's like you walked into like an old ECW crowd. Well, it's almost like you walked into like a midnight showing of Rocky Horror. Yeah, exactly. Show. But, yeah. But after it started. Yeah, this the movie hasn't even started yet, and they're already rioting. They bring Ed his microphone, the rest of the cast is walking up, and they're basically getting mobbed. They're having popcorn thrown out, some kid grabs Vampire's boobs, (laughs) and it's it's just wild. And eventually they run out, they start playing the movie, they take off running. They get out to the car, and the car is being stripped by people taking it for parts? I don't, like, know how terrible of a neighborhood is this theater in. And then, I don't know, I don't understand, but the crowd, like, Comes running out after them. Yeah. And Kathy jumps on front of a taxi. You have to stop. They'll get in the cab and get away. And I love, um, Bella goes, and now that's a premiere. Yeah. And then it, it cuts to the next scene, which actually I got him out. Yeah. Of that, that was that one where he does the big speech. But You don't uh, trust the guy with the notebook. What the well, heck? You're I'm go, trying to go going off, my, off script here. Yeah, I'm going off my memory. But I love how he's talking about, like, I'm sorry that you didn't get to watch the movie. And he's like, oh, you know, I know it. And then he's like, did you see that kid grab Vampire's boobies? And it's like, yes, I was envious of him. <laughs> and it's like uh, something about you keep a hold of, it was not the exactly, but you keep a hold of Kathy, that girl, because none of my ex-wives would jump in front of a taxi for me. <laughs> yeah. And then we get the whole speech and everything. And, and, then, and then, then that night, Edward gets the call that Bella Lugosi passed away. And it's fucking, it, every single time this scene happens, where it gets you like, Ed gets the call, you see his face drop, he turns to Kathy, and then it cuts to they're at the funeral, which is basically the Plan 9 cast is the only ones there. Yeah, but uh, we get the funeral, like you said, just the Plan 9 cast, burial in the cape, whose idea was it? It was his idea. And then we cut this sad scene of Ed watching the very last Bella footage over and over, he decides he's going to do a movie with it. His landlord comes over for the rent because his check bounced again. And he's like, oh, are you involved in movies? My church wants to get involved in movies. We have a 12-film plan, but we only have enough money for the first one. And it's like, well, what you do here (laughs) is you finance a movie that's sure to be a hit, and then you use that money to finance your other films. Like this, he talks about, I have the last footage of Bela Lugosi. I'm going to build it as his last film. He basically ropes him into financing the whole movie of, Grave Robbers from Outer Space, which they're not okay with that title, but... Luffy's like, Grave Robbers from what? <laughs> yeah, a science fiction flick, you see? And he basically gets him to finance the whole thing. 
then we start work on plan nine from outer space and this is great i love all this stuff like from here forward yeah um kathy sees the newspaper article about vampire being fired so he hires vampira and then they hire kathy's chiropractor dr tom yeah to play <laughs> bella lugosi because he kind of looks like him a little bit i love they have the meeting with vampira about being in the movie and she's like how about if people don't really notice that i'm in the movie like i can play my part mute and i'm barely in it because you're embarrassed me even though you're the only one giving me work yeah i mean she's kind of ungrateful for edwood but she, is. she seems like a friend still but like I, I don't get you at all. Like, I guess this is where I'm at now. Yeah, but I don't think she's ever seems mean to him. She's like, I know what you are, though. Yeah. As <laughs> you say to the uh, tour, like, uh, get ready. Remember, keep Sunday open. We all have to be baptized. Yeah. And it's a whole <laughs> cast and, and at the church getting baptized. It's kind and of hilarious. They have to do it in a pool. And someone's like, why are we getting baptized in a church? It's like, because Brother Tor won't fit in the sacred <laughs> sacred bathing tub or whatever. <laughs> Um, they changed the title to Plan well, 9 from Outer Space. Also, I just want to mention real quick, they dunk Ed, they're like, do you accept Jesus Christ? And da-da-da, it's like, yes, and they dunk him under the water. And he gets to Bunny, and he's just like, do you accept Jesus Christ, and all? And do you reject your sins? And he just goes, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, we cut to them starting like work on it. They change the title from Grave Robbers of Plan 9. This makes Ed mad. And they film in the graveyard. We know the styrofoam tombs are falling mm -hmm. over. Like, people are going to see right past it. We get the whole big picture speech. The, it doesn't matter about the little details. It's about the big picture, which is what I live my life by. <laughs> <laughs> and they also bring in the guy they want to star in the movie. And Ed gets furious. He puts on his Angora sweater and leaves. He's like, these Baptists are stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> which he is literally two feet away from them. Behind a thin wall. Yeah, they hear him calling them stupid. Yes. He goes to a bar and ends up meeting Orson Welles there, played by Vincent D'Onofrio. And he's like, is it worth it? He goes, when it goes well, it's worth it. He, they're complaining about producers, but it basically inspires him. He met the, right. what who he keeps saying is the only other guy to uh, write, direct, produce everything for the movie. So yeah. now he's like, I have a big boost of confidence. Goes back in. And we get the Plan 9 Greatest Hits montage. It's like 20 minutes of it. Yeah. I love it. And, now, um, I mean, we did a Plan 9 episode, so it's basically Plan 9 that we're let's, seeing. Let's say, let's change it from Ed Wood is trying to make his movie to it's me and you making our podcast. And who do you, what podcaster or radio person are you going to look down the bar at to give you a pep talk to make you want to keep going? I know the obvious would be like my favorite podcast. Tell them Steve Dave. I don't even think that's my answer. Yeah. I'm like you guys kind of had like a pretty unfair advantage compared to what we do. I don't even know. Like I don't know because you know even like Walt Flanagan's going to sit there and be like, yeah, you can do it or not. There's a lot of podcasts. Whatever. I barely want to do. Yeah, that. I, don't, I don't know if I'd like look to others like what we're doing because then I'm like, yeah, then we're doing the same thing. Yeah. I don't know. It was a good question, though. Thank you. I, I just thought of it. Trying to be more introspective here. It was a good question. I just don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, mine, like, I immediately want to say, tell him Steve Dave. Yeah. But I'm trying to think, who did I grow up listening to? Stern for you. Who, yeah. And it would be Howard Stern. But it would not be Howard Stern today. It would be Howard Stern at least pre-2009. That and would he, do Then he would tell you, fuck off, kid. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you get close to me? I'm a germaphobe. Get away from me. <laughs> but I love the montage because you see Tor Johnson not being able to crawl out of the grave. You see, mm -hmm. uh, what's his name? Scratch himself with a gun. 
Oh yeah, the, well, I know you did the sheriff or yes. whatever. Yeah. Um, you see, Bunny not be remembering his lines and reading them off the paper. You're like, where's the cockpit set? It's right behind you. They just <laughs> set it up right behind him with a curtain, like in two seconds. Yeah, and that's all. And then we cut to the premiere, and this is the one. Finally, they have a proper premiere, Brett. They have a whole packed house. Mm-hmm. Everyone's they have the lights. there. Yeah, they have the whole like spinny light things going. Everyone from the cast is there, dressed up in their best. Mm-hmm. Ed and Kathy are almost late. They pull up in a rainstorm and get in. They're drenched wet, but they make it. And there's this moment where he says, this is the one. This is the one I'll be remembered for. And that, I know it's it's very ironic. Because it's like, yes, this is the one you will be known for. But that always kind of touches my heart. No, I think yeah. it does. No, I don't even think jokingly. It is. And they drive away in the storm. And I mean, torrential downpour in their well, convertible. It's the big, it's the Hollywood ending. Yes. It's the, um, I just had my premiere. Honey, let's go to Vegas and get married right this second. Yeah. And then we get the whole factoid things they do in most biopics yeah. with pictures and what became of them. And then credits. And that, I almost just said Plan 9. That's <laughs> Ed Wood. Just that, yeah. The, I fucking love this movie so much. I'm so happy we finally got to do it. And we got to do it in a special in-person uh, oh, yeah, we didn't mention that. Yeah, we're both here. Yeah, that we don't always get to do. So we'll have a couple fun. of these this Halloween, yeah. probably. Um, all right. Well, for all of October, we changed up Count of the Dead because we have too many movies. We're doing them out of order, all that kind of stuff. But we're still counting it. So what the Count of the Dead normally is, we tally up all the deaths in the movie, and then we add them to our grand total of every movie we've watched. This one, however, we'll just count the deaths in the movie. So where do you think Ed Wood brought us? There is one extremely sad and heart-wrenching death and that is of the great amazing the greatest actor to ever live bella lugosi yes exactly one you got it well i mentioned bella lugosi the other day i was out and about and i was in a store and i was wearing my bella lugosi shirt and someone stopped me and they go bella lugosi and i'm like that's right greatest actor ever and he kind of laughed and was like yeah and walked away So, yay, I got Count of the Dead right this time. Um, well, every week Greg does his Count of the Dead. Ah, ah, ah. And I do my ratings from Dimension Z. <laughs> um, which is very fitting for this one to have lightning strikes. Yes. Ed Wood has a lot of lightning strikes. Definitely. Ed Wood lightning is right up there with Hen and Lauder lightning in my book. I think, yeah. I Hen and so. Lauder first because it's so colorful and blue and whatnot. But Ed Wood lightning. Something, it's just because Ed Wood could eat a sandwich. It'll be like, greatest sandwich ever. Yes. Um. So I rate the movie 1 through 10, 1 being the worst and 10 being the best. And I pick something from the movie to rate the movie. And I'm trying to think what would be really amazing for Ed Wood. What would be good for Ed Wood? Because it's all it's a movie about filmmaking and actors. I'm going to do actors. Okay. So a number one actor, the worst kind of actor, is an actor that's probably been canceled for something that is very, very bad and naughty that they shouldn't have done. Like the guy who played Criswell in this. Exactly. A number 10 actor is Bella Lugosi. I give this movie a perfect 10 out of 10 actors. This is a Bella Lugosi of movies. This is a movie I go back to all the time. If I'm feeling down and I need a little pick-me-up, Edward will pick me up. Like, it's a very good, like... Pick yourself up by your bootstraps and keep going. Like, if you believe in yourself, that's all you need. I'm glad you gave it to that. I'm not going to lie. I didn't give it a 10. I knew that. I, I like this movie a lot. It's fantastic. It got an 8 from me. Okay, nice. So, yeah. um, Very good actor. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a great movie. Everyone should watch it. It's inspirational, as cliche as that sounds. It's a very, like, yeah. 
you feel something when you watch it. Which even and I know how shit, how stupid it sounds or whatnot. When we first started this podcast, I was like, I love podcasts so much. I don't think I can do a podcast. Like, when do I? What do I have to say? What do I have to talk about? And then you were like, No, it would be a really good idea. And then I watched. It's all about Ed, the big picture. I watched Ed Wood and was like, You know what? Ed Wood took the shots that not everyone would take and not everyone would believe in them. I'm going to do this thing and look where we are now. <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely. Everyone should watch this. It's very fun. I don't know if you need to watch it around Halloween, but man, it's not, it might not be a Halloween movie, but man, we've been doing so many movies. You're probably Halloweened out a little bit. You need some other horror movies or horror adjacent movies once in a while to get into it. And there is a Halloween scene in this movie. There is a trick or treat scene. Yes. And yeah, that's pretty much all I got in Ed Wood, man. That's all I have. So we hope that Ed Wood, and this amazing, brilliant piece of cinema has left your brain throbbing with horror. Ah, it seems you've survived another fright. Be sure to look for the Throbbing with Horror pumpkin on all of your favorite social medias and local newspaper headlines. Rate us five stars on your favorite podcast platform, or else. Subscribe for more tantalizing terror, and be ready for the new fear next week. If you dare. <laughs>